0: I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is former UFC middleweight champ Luke Rockhold. We discuss fueling your body for performance and how to set new goals once something monumental has been achieved. Luke can be found on Instagram at Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Sounds like my cup of tea. Dude, you're a fucking impressive guy. Um, the thing that I think about most is cutting weight. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've been on every diet there is. I've lost 250 pounds. But I cannot imagine having to go into some kind of a athletic competition coming off of a cut. What is that like?
1: Uh, it's better and it's worse. You know, it just depends on how you do it. It's, it, you have it down to a science almost at, at one point, you know, at the, you should at the, at the, at this level. Um, it goes wrong sometimes. Um, for instance, my last fight with the, my last fight at 185 pounds with UL Romero, I fought UL in Perth, Australia and there's a new commission. And, uh, so they didn't adhere to the new uh, unified rules where it's you weigh in in the morning. First off, you make weight, you weigh in. Right. And then rather than going to the public setting and performing for for the public. So it's like, there's no reason. Like you, when you, There's a the public weigh-in. Once you make weight, you make weight. All right, you made the weight. Rather than dragging on another three hours going through medicals and everything and making that stage to go public. And you look drawn out and, and weak and you can't talk, you're parched. So there's no point to it. And so they eliminated that. And so... But Perth didn't adhere to it, so like I had to, I had to go drain myself out to make weight at like twelve o'clock in the afternoon to the public weigh-in for a second time. Well, you, yeah, you like check your weight, you make weight basically, and then you just get dragged through all this like media and medicals and all this stuff just to get staged. So you just you're drawn out for another three four hours right. of all this staging and processing to get to that thing. So um so hurt myself there and then try to replenish. And then, then we fought in the middle of the day too. So we fight in the middle of the day to do, to meet the, uh, the pay-per-view time slot here. And so that takes away another 10 hours of recovery time. Right. And I remember like waking up in the morning and I was just like, you know, my body was just, wasn't really turning on. It wasn't recovered. I didn't have enough time. And, and I was just kind of like blinded by the whole thing. And I just still stepped in there and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a great idea, especially when you, well, miss weight by three pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but yeah, like I had the whole whole world kind of relying on me to to make this pay per view as the main event and carrying the card, so I just didn't I didn't think clearly. But yeah, it's it's um being in a different country, knowing all that stuff, it it definitely plays a factor.
0: I've only done the version of like cutting weight once for a for a picture, and I I was dieting up until. Like a few days in advance of this picture. And then the guy who was coaching me was like, started messing with my sodium and reducing my sodium, increasing my water. Then the day before, decreased my water. Anyway, long story short, I, I just went to take pictures and flexing, <laughs> I was blacking out, like just oh, flexing my muscles because I was so dehydrated. Yeah. Like the idea of going through that and then having to, I mean, literally, Holding a, a pose performer. for a minute. I, I cannot imagine. Like, it seems completely crazy. But are you... It's
1: not It's like the, the glycogen. It's a process like the four days you try to take the glycogen out of your muscles yeah. rather than doing a, 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 a severe depletion. Because then when you start to, to taking all the hydration from your internal organs that's when you really get screwed up right. so take the glycogen out and then you slowly kind of you don't want to suck your brain dry right
0: no i think that's what i did i think i yeah. sucked my brain dry and and the guy who was coaching me was like having me hold these poses and i was like i can't i can't even do it yeah i'm <laughs> nice. going to pass out flexing my biceps was going to make me pass out it was wild God. but then I, th- I you know pounded some Gatorade and i did feel better but there was no way on that day, I was ever even going to be able to do a real workout, let alone compete with somebody yeah it's i I've tossed and turned with it you know and
1: and that's why I went up to to light heavyweight my last fight, and it was you know was, I was a very undersized, but I was just so sick of cutting the weight and I think it was turned off by the former yeah. time and so um yeah i I did that so'm very undersized and now going back i I'm gonna come back to, to my original championship weight and which is I just 185. Gotta, which is 100, I have to make 185, 186 because I'm not in a championship fight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use that extra pound on this one. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta very be very focused on my weight and keep it under um like about at least 205, 203.
0: But even that the, is amazing. Yeah. That's a 20 pound differential that you get to play with however you want.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not not. As much as you can. <laughs> yeah see so I mean I, I go to bed at like 203 right so uh, I'm looking at like about seventeen pounds
0: how long will how long out will you start to t- tinker with that I'm already like I'm
1: we don't get any younger right you know? <laughs> so as we get older you can only imagine in fighting it, it gets that much harder so right now I'm already like kind of really focusing on on just staying in shape staying keep my weight down and you know if you don't use it you lose it kind of thing and so it's like the more the older you get the more you have to stay on top of things. Yeah. And so I'm already kind of getting ahead of it right now for the summertime return and uh I'm just just keeping the body tuned in and dialed in cuz everything starts to fall apart. You can't get out of shape and get back in shape anymore. It's just not that it's not as realistic these days.
0: Yeah. How, what what would you what percentage of it would you say is diet versus exercise? For you, for for a professional athlete, I mean, I imagine a lot of it's got to be exercise. Just getting the, the weight like proper, like or down, or but... anything like the whole like when you're, when you're looking at your life, because your body is literally your commodity, and you're and you're trading mm. off your body. Are mm. you are you hyper focused on diet, or do you not think about diet? Do you eat whatever you want? I, I there's a laxity, of course, on the, on the
1: on the weekends. Towards the weekends, I'd say. Um, especially this far out from a fight because there's this happiness is health too. Right. You know what I mean? You have to feel good about it. And obviously yeah. you can, if you just listen to your body, you can understand what's a positive and what's a negative. A lot of us, we just pushed, keep, you know, filling us, ourselves with negatives. Right. Like if coffee, you see, like, you know, it's like if you drink too much coffee, I can, I can feel the acidity of my body, throw it off. You know, it's like my body's so alkaline. When I get into shape, I can only drink so much coffee. Yeah. You know, but when I'm out of shape, I can just, I can pound cups.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's like uh, when I weighed 550 pounds, there was no um, sense of food having any negative effect on me. Like I just mm-hmm. ate... Because I needed to eat. Uh, When after my first stint of dieting 20 plus years ago, um, when I had some distance from that, when I would eat bad food or even today, if I eat a bowl bowl of ice cream today, Mm -hmm. I'll feel hung over from it. (laughs) <laughs> so it requires that distance yeah. But when you're doing it all the time It's a couple it, bites it's, Right, a couple yeah. bites A couple yeah. Yeah. bites To get the sensation yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. and listen If I go into the gym And drink Gatorade While I'm working out I don't yeah. feel hungover But if I sit on my couch And drink it It's just the way I'm using it, I guess At that point Yeah
1: Yeah, at some point You know, it's just Moderation right. Everything Right mes- Everything is medicine Until it's a poison Right It's all about the dosage Yeah You know, and obviously How it's applied but, um, but I mean, further your question, it's like, yeah, it's like I work out, I work out a lot and then you have to stay on that train and then you have to couple that with the diet and, you know, you try to try to replenish the best you can. And there's a little bit of room for cheats here and there, right. but, uh, but it's, it's pretty, you know, it's a full, full process. Yeah. I mean, everything's there. I think for with, with me, with what I want the most out of my body is, is, is freedom of movement, mobility, um you know obviously the physique or whatever that's a cool thing but it's like it's really being about being flexible being being mobile being able to get up and feel feel good about the day feel vibrant you know feel feel light light on your feet yeah what i mean and just be able to do whatever you want when
0: you want how how you want to do it what what um what began you in this profession were you a scrappy kid i was a scrappy
1: kid i always i always like i did enjoy that i am My dad like played basketball. Everyone they did kind of traditional sports. Um, I somehow fell into. I I found um, one of my best friends. His dad was like a judo coach, judo sensei, whatever you want to call him. Um, So I started that in kindergarten. I was like six years old, and that was the first time I really felt like that. You know, being that vulnerable. He got my dad. My dad was six foot eight, two hundred eighty pounds, big dude, has eighteen shoes. Like my dad was a giant, and I was protected but then you get you put yourself out there from playing basketball and soccer and you go into judo and you get thrown on your head by some kid and just get just belittled. And you like, cry your eyes out. And I couldn't, I couldn't take it, but you know, I just, I think I watched enough Bruce Lee and Jean-Claude Van Damme movies to know that I needed to get that bastard back. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, I bit down and, and I just knew that I'd, I wanted redemption at a very early age. And, and it just kept stuck with me as, as it went on to wrestling and, to jiu-, jiu jitsu, and then to fighting.
0: Were you here? Were you raised uh, here? I
1: was raised in, in in Santa Cruz, California. Okay. In, the, in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. So born and raised there, and and uh, did my thing. Did my thing there. It was you know I was just always a scrappy little kid. You know, yeah. looking for looking for a challenge. I know? could
0: see. I mean, that would be an observation. I see it in you. Like there's uh. a scrappiness. I don't think you're just. You don't come off as a guy who just like. You know, some some of the dudes in the sport look like guys who who trained in taekwondo or something as kids, and then and then we're like, well, I'm going to transfer this. You, I feel that energy from you. You're scrappy guy.
1: You got. I mean, there's competitors. Yeah, there's competitors, and then there's fighters. There's dogs. Right. You know, and then you got you can see that, and people get by in this sport, and. with being competitors for so long until they can meet somebody who can, you know, put that wall up. Yeah. then you got a wall and you got to turn into a a dog, a real, real damn fighter. And you got to get through that, you know, and and people get found out. And so if you don't have that in, you don't, you don't make it to the top, you know? And, uh, it was funny. It was just like, I was boxing this morning and this, this scrappy Mexican kid, he put it on this other kid. this like uh, aspiring, um, boxer that was like signed with golden boy. And, He's building himself up, and and uh, everyone was like kind of getting hyped on him because he looked the part, you know, good looking, you know, kid, and and uh, he could scrap, he was flashy, but he didn't have the dog in him. Right. He didn't have that dog in him. and This kid just won one hard sparring session last week put it on, and this kid just called retirement out straight up. Really. <laughs> straight up called retirement out just one bad sparring session. It was just like it was just like a heated in gym rivalry kind of thing and, and the, the kid, the kid the dog the kid was a, it was a savage yeah and I could see it in him right away before I even seen him fight I just you could see dog in, in his eyes and you could see like you know cat in the other guy's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. so it's like yeah uh, yeah I mean life is uh yeah uh, like you said it's, you gotta uh, you know you want to have that dog mentality to 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 succeed to be be great. You know, or you can be just be good and
0: stay in your lane. Yeah, I think about this, too, a lot because I think that I think that the perspective can can be achieved. I don't know any um, uh, strategy for achieving it, but I think we can we can we can find these things. You know what I mean? Like the strategy is risk. Yeah. Okay. The strategy
1: strategy is, is taking risks, you know, risk versus reward in any realm of life. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, no one ever achieved anything in their comfort zone. Right. If you want to stay in your comfort zone, you're never really going to go far in life. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta take action. You gotta take risks and you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta think different, act different. And that's, that, that, that follows every, every suit of, you know,
0: all the Eastern philo- philosophies would totally agree with you. I have um, this battle, like a mental battle, and it, and it can be um, doing what I know is I should be doing or even just doing something that I have the impulse that I want to do. And then there's a battle of like uh, self-loathing that will keep me back. And I find that every time I overcome that, I can get momentum in the ability to act in the way that I want to or behave or or continue on my pursuit of a goal staying the course that I want to be on and if I if I succumb to the bad voice telling me no don't do it today stay in bed or whatever it is that has equal or greater effects of a momentum in the opposite direction so I love what you're saying. This risk, this idea of risk of, of just, just get yourself to take the risk one time and it will be easier the next time. And then the next time, and you will acclimate yourself to risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta you know put yourself out there and just, yeah, become second nature, you know, build that, build that like in your subconscious, <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta follow your instincts and, and, uh, and just give it, give it your all. Yeah. Really. I mean. Uh, you gotta go, gotta chase what scares you a little bit, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's what things I've always been attracted to. What what scares me the most, you know, is fighting, and, and and that's the truth for every every fighter. I don't care how much of a champion you are, it's it's the scariest thing in the world. It's the most rewarding thing in the world too. But it's 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 like a it's like crazy psychological warfare.
0: It's amazing. I I um I was never a huge boxing fan, but. Somehow MMA, I, I just I love it. It is for me the be all end all of, of combat sports. Um, it's a human chess match. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I you know what I talk about. So boxing is. I I do like boxing. I I, I don't love boxing. I like boxing. Um, I I love MMA. Boxing is is defined as fighting, which is a falsity. Boxing is you are taking two premier athletes to quote-unquote fighters, and putting them against each other, and you're handicapping them, you're dumbing them down, you're putting boxing gloves on them, and you're making them perform to lengthen out the process of overcoming each other. This is this is boxing. This is not fighting. Fighting is full cerebral attack. It's a human chess match. It's everything and anything. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to try to attack you and try to find your weak points, wherever they may be, and I'm going to try to expose that. This is that's this is fighting. This is mixed martial arts. Yeah. So boxing is is not fighting. Right. It's very <laughs> and that's the limited. beauty of fighting. Fighting is just it's so cerebral. And you can go in there and you can just you it's such a mind game. You know, it, it's boxing is is, they call it the sweet science, but MMA is so much sweeter. Yeah. You know, mixed martial arts is, is it's so sweet. I mean it's ugly at times, but you know, the people who are at the top are are very strategic,
0: very smart people who make their ways to the top. You know, there's the, there's like a, a, a rash or a wave of um, people who, who really have no business um, boxing, even doing big, highly promoted boxing events. Um, and every one of them, uh, I have friends who will say, like, you know, that if they just do MMA... You know, if they just do MMA, if this Paul, Jake Paul, or whatever the Paul kid's name is, if he would just do MMA. But the reality is there's so much risk yeah. in MMA that there isn't yeah. in the matches that they're doing with the gigantic gloves. And and the opponents that they're picking. Right. Yes. <laughs> that too. Because they have small cojones. Yeah.
1: Know? It just pertains to the world. A lot of the world's fake, and that's why guys like that succeed in, in fighting nobody's. Yeah. Nobody's. If you want to be a fighter, if you want to be a boxer, fight a professional boxer. Right. Don't fight a basketball player. And don't <laughs> right. fight a wrestler. The most one-sided MMA fighter of all time. Bring him into a boxing match that's undersized. It's like, yeah, I don't know. The world is very fake. It's sad. It's sad how fake the world's becoming. And with social media and, and all these things, man, it's just uh, it's driving the world to uh, hatred and, and weakness.
0: Yeah, Yeah. It's it's really... Driving a wedge into like um, you're on the team of whatever you like, and I'm on the team of whatever I like, and if they don't align perfectly, we're enemies. You yeah. know,
1: everyone's just like, "Oh, you smoke weed, that's so cool." You know, you hate you. You want to be gangster. You want you like you know. It's like all these people hide behind a veil, right? And and those are the cool people. It's so insecurities project. Yeah, it's so. Identifiable and, and it's just, it's funny. You, you, you get into a room with these guys and they're just, they're just tucking in the corner. <laughs> they, they're, they're nobody to, to, you know, to be around, nobody to learn from. Yeah.
0: What happens when any of them, like somebody shoots on their legs? It's done. You know? <laughs> it shoots on the legs? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, that's not even, that's not even, it's that's, done. It's laughable. Yeah. What happens
0: when somebody kicks them in the face? Right. I kept waiting. Kicks him in the liver. I liver went to, is nothing like that. Yeah, I went to the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight uh, in Vegas, and I was actually, like, thinking, what happens if Conor gets upset and kicks George in the legs? Like, that's he's done. That's game over. One leg kick, I think, placed yeah. well on a guy who's never done that before. That's yeah. a wrap.
1: You yeah, remember, remember Muhammad Ali versus like the professional wrestler in Japan? Yeah, yeah. when he kicking Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali like, jumped out of the ring. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> just, what do you do? It's just it's, it's there's a tactic, man. It's like yeah, it, it's that's it's the beauty of fighting. It's a real fight. It's not boxing. Boxing, right.
0: boxing is not fighting. Right. It's boxing. It's boxing. Right. Different different beasts altogether. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what on the on the lead up to what you say like you get a little looser on the weekends what during the week are you eating do you stick to a plan do you have somebody programming stuff or do you i i mean i do when i get closer um i i I know
1: my my nutrition pretty well these days so um i think you're listening to your body and everyone's body chemistry is different i don't want to tell anybody like what's what's right for me is what's right for them but you know i mean it's it's yeah, I try to I try to incorporate I I believe in animal fats. I believe in <clears throat> the amino acids you get from animal fats are 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 so hard to get from anybody who's a, living an active life and trying to rebuild themselves the these the building blocks of life. Leucine and other am, amino acids you get from animal fats, they can't get them anywhere else and and your body will 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 wear down. Most people's bodies will wear down eventually without these um I, I incorporate a lot of greens <clears throat> in the mornings I, I, I don't know It, it just depends I'll, I'll have like kind of vary from time to time but uh I like I like eggs are a great source one of the great best sources of leucine and yeah things and, and just great fats and energy and everything that they encompass um and protein so I do like an egg and you know uh, uh, t- this morning I had egg and, and some rice and some turkey and some avocado. That sounds like avocado. a great fucking meal. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little base, a little something solid I could I could fuel off for some sparring I did this morning. Um, afternoons, I mean, I'll have like, I don't know, a salad. I'll, I'll, I have a lot of greens, a lot of salads and stuff like that. Like, I'll have, I'll put some up some fish or some, usually some, I'll do steak at night typically, um, once, twice a week. Uh, I feel like when I'm really b- Worn down My body really Kind of feels Off that steak It really Has a, it has an effect I can feel When I'm in really deep Into training camp And I have that Alkalized You know <clears throat> Body that, that That Feels off that um, I mean Some of the Some of the best Meats you can have Are like Organ meats Really Believe it or not Yeah Liver is, the, is probably The healthiest thing You could pro- pro- probably Eat I mean It holds all the nutrients Holds all the vitamins uh you're gonna want. It's disgusting sometimes, but I, I try I to. I try. Yeah. If mean, you do it right, I mean, like yeah. uh, other organs too. I mean, you're getting a, a crazy, you know, amount
0: of um, vital health. I love it. I have a wife and four kids who I've tried to make it for time and again. I've even cooked it with bacon and onions and bacon like and caramelized onions. the <laughs> shit out of the onions so they're sweet and yeah, and they just won't eat it i've tried yeah. steak and kidney pie they won't do it you know yeah. try to dress it up real pretty they won't they won't fuck with it but i love it it's not for everybody like i said
1: happiness is health too yeah so you have to identify what works for you yeah you know um, other things just hydration too i mean like crazy like how lack of water we, we all drink and and how much better our bodies function on you know a higher water intake yeah that and Vasodilators are big for me too. What's um, that? It's like, like a it's beet juice. Okay. Beet juice is gonna help oxygenate your blood. It's gonna help everything flow. You just want everything to flow. The more your body is like circulating and flowing, that obviously it's gonna start pushing things through it, it's gonna start operating better. Um uh, D too, like right like it's not even a vitamin, it's a pro hormone.
0: <laughs> right, right. Which
1: we develop by going outside. Which we develop by going outside, and you can't even develop it. Everyone wears sunscreen now, so they de- so they block their their D intake. Um, so you, you really have to supplement with that. That's something I've noticed a lot. Where like my body has has actually taken an effect. I can feel it differently. Is is when I really up my my D intake. Yeah. Um, that and uh, so I, and pomegranate juice is another vasodilator.
0: So it just it sounds and like then the then, red then like stuff. then
1: like. Different things to help digest. Digestive enzymes, too, are always good to kind of keep things flowing through, yeah. through the process. So, like I said, it's all about like understanding listening to your body. So, it's like a uh, uh, digestive enzyme. Another great one is a papaya. Uh, pineapple, actually, it's got some decent yeah. value in it, too. But um, you can mess around and play with everything. But it's, a, it's, it's so basic of, of you know greens, fruits, uh, complex carbs. Sweet potatoes are, should be your best friend. And there's no reason to eat carbs at night. I don't know why carbs are always on the menu at night because they're not necessary. You're not going to burn them at night. Right. I mean, unless you're going out and going out to party and to dance and do your thing, you don't need carbs. Yeah. The carbs are you – know, you can drink your carbs too, right, if you're going to do that. <laughs> right. So having a big carb meal at night is absolutely no point. It's just going to turn to fat and you're going to sleep on it and it's just going to – just going to, you know gonna hurt you in the long run if you if you want to if you're trying to balance out your, your shit
0: did you have to study this or is this literally just like i eat this i feel better i'm gonna eat more of this i didn't feel good when i ate it this time so i'm gonna lay off of it
1: i, I mean i studied i mean I, I was i was here to be the best in the world and i still am and and um i want to know how my body operates i want to i want to learn everything i can to to you know, fueling my body to perform to recover you know it's a your body is your temple. I mean, I'm I'm here to be the best, and there's no room for error in what we do. You know, it's like so you have to learn every little detail of it, and then I want to learn how to cook it too because I want to live. I want to make it taste good. Yeah, I want If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna have to force myself to eat liver once a week in training camp, sometimes even two.
0: Right.
1: I got to, I got to, I got to fill that thing up. And but, so it's like, and like we cook with like, like olive oil and it's not good to cook with olive oil, Olive oil creates carcinogens and cook at a high heat. You want to cook with butter. I mean, you want to cook with, not with butter either. Same thing, but you cook with ghee. I cook with ghee and I cook with coconut oil. Okay. You know what I mean? Certain things like that, that are, that are much better. They hold higher heat and they're better for, you know, they don't damage your cells. let you go.
0: Can you notice a huge difference between like, now and in, like, say a training camp when you have this all dialed in, versus like before you started implementing this stuff. I'd say, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, it's harder because when you're younger, you're 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 like nothing can harm you. You know right. what I mean? As you get older, you you become more aware, you become more sensitive, and so it's like, yeah, there's certain things that, you know I could I could neglect when I was younger, and I could still get away with it. But as you you know, the more I understood. You know, I, I, I started studying at a pretty young age and, and learning and, you know, progressing through that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I figured it out and I learned how to uh, force my body to recover. And hydration, obviously, for me is just one of the biggest things.
0: Yeah. Don't go
1: anywhere. We'll be right back. Learning to hydrate properly is, is huge,
0: it's massive. Yeah, I try to get at least a gallon of water in a day, but I'm usually over five or six liters, so I'm well into my second gallon every day, Um, which is night and day from when I was not drinking that much water. Yeah. It, it makes a big deal. And I don't, I, I, my carbs go massively down on days that I'm not in the gym, which is usually only one day a week. Yeah. But it's not a, it's not a heavy carb day. The fats come up a little bit. Carbs go down. My carbs are much more front loaded on the earlier side of the day, right before or after the gym. Um, And
1: then one more thing I want to add is like, you know, for, for working out, like in, in COVID, like I would, I wasn't, I was, uh, I had surgery. I had two surgeries, surgery on my little pinky toe reconstructed my pinky oh, toe wow. and my shoulder so I had a lot of downtime and there wasn't a lot to do I do not think that thing was open and I literally would take cold showers three times a day and I would learn I just like I jump around in my shower and like you know like just fierce you know fear the cold and, and power through it and you'd burn so many calories vasoconstriction vasodilation ice baths so like something I'm a big big believer in so you're 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 constricting and forcing you know your body to 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 circulate, right? Which is everything. I mean, the reason most complications we get with our body is because our circulate as we get older, our circulation goes down and our inflammation goes up. So the more you can combat that, the basically the less you're going to age. You're going to slow down the aging process by by continually getting in, you know, vasodilation, which would be like getting in a sauna, drinking water, forcing your body to like you know expand and then you get into an ice bath, a vasoconstriction. So you are con- contract and then, then you do a cycle back and forth. You do like three of each, you know, like 10 in the sauna, two in the ice bath, 10. You do that. And you like, you feel like an absolutely different person. Right. You feel your stress levels gone. You're, you're impenetrable. No one can mess with you. And your body just, my body operates so well when I'm doing that, you're getting rid of all your metabolic waste. You're kind of flushing your body through the process. And that's, that's been a massive, Thing for me as as i as i go forward in life and, and the more i the more i've understood and the more i've learned out of the sensation you get from it it's uh there's nothing that really competes with that yeah for me it's like that and then it adds to my movement my flexibility and my freedom of mobility yeah
0: is that just reducing also reducing inf- inflammation within the joints and stuff
1: yeah massive like i said like it's literally like almost every problem we we incur through life as we get older is, is is due to that lack of circulation and the inc- increased inflammation with that if you keep the circulation up and the inflammation down your body gets rid of all this shit that goes in your body all these you know all these things that enter all these things that could be po- problematic so when you limit that and you force your body to flow and you just keep getting rid of all this shit you're not going to get it's not going to catch you right you know? yeah So you just gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta live outside your comfort zone a little bit for the betterment of of who you are. You know, I mean, that's, if you want that. If you want that, or if you don't want that, then don't, don't listen. (laughs) Yeah,
0: look, I, there, we, we arrive at a day in time where you can be a professional video game player. Yeah. That guy has far different physical needs uh literal needs from his body than you do, right? Yeah. Or even me. You know, I don't I don't I don't play video games. So I, I actually have to use my body to to get a paycheck. So I want it to be as functional as possible too. Yeah. Um but like I have no moral judgment on a guy who plays video games for a living and goes like hey dude fuck you. I want to eat pizza. I don't mind being 350. Like I'm happy I got a girlfriend Or a boyfriend or whatever. Like I'm, I don't have issues there. I'm happy with that. You don't mind that until you hit
1: hit about thirty. I I mean, you could (laughs) then everything starts falling apart.
0: Yeah. Again, I, I, I only have my reality, and I go like I was blind to a lot of the issues that I had when I was morbidly obese, simply because it progresses slowly, so you don't always notice. Your back always hurts. Your knees always hurts because they just always hurt. What's you don't know life without that. You know. Yeah. Um, compensate right again i don't care if somebody wants that that's fine i would never say no you have to be thinner and you have to i can't that's not up to me to decide yeah um that said do you as a guy who sounds very much like you are implementing food as fuel you know like you would not put gasoline in a diesel car that would be stupid you break the car and yet we can go to the gasoline shop as people and uh eat a bunch of shit that is going to be as you said earlier like a little bit is fine a bunch is poison yeah. like there's access to poisons that we're putting into our body i mean i'm i'm just as guilty as anybody else sure. but but i just really heavily
1: understand the other side of it you know it's where it's like i can i'm an extremist you know i i i go both ways but i but i i do so much on the back end to recover yeah and uh you know i I will have some hefty weekends of drinking and uh and eating like shit and and do my thing but then i'll i'll force myself into gear and uh and then i'll cut that out when it's time too you know so i think it's a it's a certain freedom you need need in life Uh, some people at different stages and different times you know and different people and and right now in the chaos that is it's like it's so nice to just get drunk and just say fuck you sometimes because the world is so unfair and and such a lie yeah that it's just it's sometimes you need a headspace just to get away from it and sometimes you got to get blasted
0: (laughs) dude there was a time in my life where i just thought if um if all the mcdonald's if all the burger if all the fast food just could disappear i would be okay and there was no moment for me. It took it took a long time for me to go, that's not the problem at all. By the way, today, if you told me we're going to get rid of all that stuff, I would feel sad because like McDonald's fries are fucking awesome. And I want to eat them once a year, even if it's only once a year or even if it's once every three years. I want to be able to have that. That's fine. Yeah. That's it's fine. Not, it's not harming me in that, certainly not harming me in that quantity. Um the, but, more, the more you do, the less it'll
1: harm you. You right. know what I mean? yeah, it's like you, if, you, if you right. don't do anything, and you, you can eat it like maybe once a month. Right. But yeah. if, you, if, you, if you live in my life, you know what I mean? You can do that every weekend. Right. There you
0: go. Or more.
1: Or more. <laughs> you could probably. <laughs> you listen, know, I'm filtering and pushing everything
0: out, so it's like, yeah. There, I think you could. You, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to, but you could. You could probably do it every day and be fine. I don't know if you could eat. 10,000 calories in McDonald's every day and be fine, but you yeah. could certainly eat a bag of fries every day. I'm I, sure I, I'd get cancer from somebody. Right, something... A couple, week, couple maybe, weeks down the line. Yeah, yeah, maybe something bad would happen, but like, this is the, this is the scrappy dog mentality when, when you're looking at it as though it's the external thing and that your behavior is dependent upon the external thing versus... I'm just hungry, and I'm gonna get after it, yeah. No matter fucking what, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking fight, right? Yeah. It's a hard shift to make intentionally. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta
1: gotta flip the switch, you know. And, well, and okay. Well,
0: what ha, ha, rising to the pinnacle. Do you find yourself more scrappy or less? And if you're as scrappy as you were or as hungry or as much of a dog, how do you maintain that with success?
1: Yeah, that's a funny one. I mean, I I definitely, there's a sense of relaxation. You know, when you get to the top, I had that. I was like strike force champion and there was all these like, oh, you're not as good as UFC and this and that. So there was always that, you know. You know you want to be undisputed, right you' want to be the the man with no questions asked. I was like two time defending strike force champion and there was always everyone like kind of hated on us like didn't think thought less of us and uh and then we merged with u f c and and uh almost all of us became u f c champions yeah, so i mean like everybody from strike force came and just ran through the divisions and we all became u f c champions so it was like were we <laughs> really? Were, were, who were we really? I yeah. mean, like, come on! I mean, it, I remember like when I first beat Jacare Souza. Jacare Souza was ranked like number four in the world, three and four in the world. Everyone I gave him all this hype, jujitsu, you know, and they were scared of me. This look and everything, and you know, I came off out of nowhere and just put it, put beat the brakes off of him in a five round fight. Instead of giving me the credit because I came kind of came out of nowhere, you know, I was off on like a nineteen month layoff, and uh, they took us both outside the top ten. They put Jokare at like number twelve and me at like number eleven because you had come because from I strike had because no because I had because Jokare was the strike force champion right and everyone like knew he was seven time black belt world champion and he had all the credibility and he just looked the part he was scary and and so so he got a lot of respect in the rankings and then I beat him coming kind of coming out of nowhere and like instead of giving me the credit they but moved out, him they around. were like oh, he's not that good and they moved to him way outside of the me like right there on the edge and it was like.
0: It's oh, fuck yes. Fuck you guys. Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah.
1: So and then and then we came in and, and then they made me fight Vitor Belfort on steroids in Brazil and And he was gigantic, uh, dude. Yeah, he was, was fucking gigantic. It was like I had, I had no respect coming into the UFC. And, he looked
0: like a fucking bodybuilder.
1: He looked like a goddamn mutant. Yeah. Mutant. And the, you you just knew what you were in for. You could feel his like you know, just that that juice pouring out of his veins. And I walked in and yeah, he caught me in that one but. I tried to get them for years. Couldn't get them. <laughs> We're cool now, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. I came back and I did my thing. Obviously I stormed to back to the division and took my title. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 once you get to the top, you know, coming out, it, there's that sense of relaxation and, uh, and yeah, it's different for everybody. You know, it's like, I, I'm always looking to like, kind of like, I always want more. I always want, there's always like a certain obstacles everywhere I've I've done a lot of things in life and I just want to I always want to achieve the top of whatever I'm doing and nothing's ever enough yeah for me and, and um and then and then it comes down to like corruption and different things within fighting which has always been and you, like me and Dana I don't see eye to eye and I don't respect him he doesn't res- he doesn't like me um
0: seems like he has a a tough relationship with a lot of fighters
1: yeah he's a, he's a guy that you know he he thinks he's a fighter he's he's on a lot of steroids and it's testosterone through the roof he's he's more flamboyant than he he should be and he and he's uh yeah <laughs> i i can't hate on him enough, you know um but um yeah yeah, so like you deal with these guys and it just kind of sickens you in the sport and you you at the top and so you're not like yeah it's it's it's, it's you want to you want to get away from it a little bit and I I've gotten away from it enough to where I've like I've learned to love the sport and I know that I've I haven't done myself justice in this thing and and um, I'm getting older and and I still have it you know yeah. I still have it if I want it and I want to get into and getting away is giving me that hunger to kind of feel myself and going out and venturing doing other things and kind of getting the life that I that I've been missing for so long because there is no off season in fighting right. You're always like going out and there's always like a fight coming up or a recovery time from a fight and a potential fight next, and so it's like you can't go here, you can't go there it's like I've never done a lot of things I've never been able to travel to a lot of places, and so having that time off has has kind of freed my mind to to think about all these things and and to go all all these places and live live life yeah and then and then kind of refuel myself and get that fire back to fight and uh and it's it's here and i'm I'm pretty Pretty psyched to go out there and uh, and do my thing. I really believe I can go out there and make a run at this guy. Hell yeah! I dude. like this guy. I like I like I respect Israel and I see what he's doing and but I, I really like, you know, where I'm at and uh, what what is uh, what I can do.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see that fight. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I really like what you're saying. My goals. You know, if I look at my my whole life, I think about like certain acting achievements I've had, television series, successive television series. But I never really thought about that. That's just kind of like, what do you work. feel?
1: What do you feel best about in your acting
0: careers? Because it's like when you portray a good story, yeah. you feel
1: good about it, and you feel like you know, like I, that's it's a cool thing.
0: I honestly, there was a TV series I did with Hugh Laurie a few years ago. We did two seasons. It's on Hulu. It's called Chance, and nobody watched it, but it. I thought it was I thought it was the best thing I'd ever done, um, and I play a very cool part uh like I, I can't say enough good things. nobody yeah. watched it, but it's it's, meaningful. it's meaningful. It's, it's meaningful, meaningful to me, yeah, yeah
1: yeah, to you, and you feel like you're like you know you're portraying something worthwhile. yeah, that's, the, that's like
0: yeah, that was a goal there. I found so many times with um weight loss i I set a goal, I achieved the goal. And I immediately am then going in the opposite direction, and so I I like to always have it's, a goal. It's completely natural. I know,
1: completely natural. You set your goal, you reach it, and then you're done, and then you fade off it, and yeah. then you need to go back to another goal. Yeah, that's that's like you know, it's like that's life. That's fucking life. That's life. It's like there's it's a it's a roller coaster. It's a it's if it was if it was on the same f- plane, what would be the fucking point? Right, changes everything in life, and, and if you're just if everything becomes routine, what are we really doing? There's no sanity in that. Yeah. You know, you wanna you wanna beat yourself down. It's boring. Yeah. yeah. It's like you wanna you need that roller coaster. You need to beat yourself down. You need to build yourself back up. Yeah. You know, that's like that's why that
0: you have the room for a little debauchery on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So you need that freedom. But you wanna be able to do it so maybe some structural change so that you never get back to 500 pounds cuz that is something that you go like no. my I mean, goal is to never be yeah moderation. never be 500 pounds yeah so uh, don't let or, things get out of control exactly because there is again i'm an extremist too um all great people are yeah. all great people are crazy yeah it, yeah a little bit of insanity is good right all,
1: all great people are crazy yeah straight up
0: fuck okay. Luke, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. A good way to end it. Huh? Yeah. I appreciate it. Yes, fucking ended on insanity. Let's All be crazy. All great people are crazy. Yes.
1: In the best way possible.
0: Yes. Thank you, bro. Really yeah, yeah. appreciate that. And now for the Q&A. Here is a question from Bill. Hi, Bill. Bill says, "How many calories were you or are you consuming to drop and now maintain?" Since no foods are truly off limits, what did you allocate? Well, okay. Like no foods are really off limits. This is, um, this is true in theory, but I am, you know, I, there, there's so much nuance in all of this that if we don't talk about it very specifically, I think it can get lost. And I, I find that with diets, Um, people speak about them in a way to cast a giant massive net and capture as many people as possible. And then, and then there could be a lot of like need for variation amongst that, which people then have failures associated with, because it's like, no, I was, I was told just blah, you know, just don't eat carbohydrates, right. Or whatever it is. And, And so that net goes out and then you lose a bunch of people. Um, In, in total fairness, I don't actively count calories anymore. Like I've gotten to a place where I eat. uh, 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 Here's a typical day for me. I wake up. I, I, when I'm going to the gym, first thing in the morning, I have whey protein and water, one scoop of whey protein and water. I have no idea how many calories are in that. I would assume it's under 150 calories, probably like a buck 25, right? And it's 25 grams of protein and maybe two grams of carbohydrates and no fat, right? So, but like I'm not thinking about calories at that point. I have a scoop of whey and water, and then I have four meals. The meals are generally, um, eight ounces of lean protein. And, and by the way, my whey in water, I consider a meal too, but like, it's just a, a little shaker bottle. Uh, my solid food meals are eight ounces of lean protein, a handful of veggies. And then the thing that fluctuates right now is the amount of carbs I eat at each meal. That's really the only thing that I keep a pretty diligent Uh, log of. And um, if I'm on maintenance, it could be, they're not all the same. Like the carbs, if I'm going to the gym first thing in the morning, the carbs start off heavier in the earlier part of the day and then taper down to lower towards the end of the day. But I could eat up to 300 grams of carbs in a day, right? Spread out throughout the day that's a big day of carbs that's like a very active uh maintenance day of carbs um and then i have casein protein and water at night but that's like my day i i actually couldn't tell you how many calories that is i have Mm -hmm. no idea um when i was counting calories a couple of years ago uh it was really kind of going back and forth between like what the BMI calc calculate, no. BMR, the BMR calculator, um, told me, and then doing that for a couple of weeks and going like, Oh, I'm not losing weight fast enough. I'm going to cut a little bit more right in calories. And I was writing everything down. I don't think that that's useful to know the exact numbers of what I was doing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when I was actively writing down and, and, and tracking every single calorie I ate because I, because I don't think that that is applicable to anybody else. So I, I can understand for the purposes of like interest if you want to know what I was doing, I could go back and get the food journals I was keeping back then and, and talk about that. But it, it, I don't think it's useful to anyone, anyone who wasn't my exact weight with my exact um, lean to fat proportion um, and my exact energy needs doing the same workouts I was doing. Like it's not those numbers should be meaningless, you mm. know. Uh, and it's certainly not something that I think of in terms of like, oh no, I eat twenty six hundred calories a day every day. This is not this is not how it worked for me. I figured out calories that could give me like a one and a half to two pound weight loss per week, um, and even that is super aggressive. Two pounds a week was super aggressive. And then I pulled back a little bit and went like, let's keep it at one pound of fat loss per week and did that for a long time. But the thing I got into with learning maintenance was like, who the fuck wants to sit there and write down calories constantly all the time, once we understand the amounts of food that our body needs for a day. And we do that for a long enough period of time. Like for me, the goal became like, I want to be able to just exist and not track so heavily. Mm. So now I keep a running tally in my head of carbs. That's really the only thing that I'm actively tracking. When I go from, uh, fat loss to maintenance, my fats increase a little bit. I'll get like a whole avocado every day, you know? Or I'll I i I'll go like, ooh, I can have a salad and, and have a tablespoon of olive oil. Um, uh, and actually I can even have a little bit more than that. I could have a tablespoon of olive oil and an avocado. This is like maintenance. This is when I'm not losing weight at all. But I'm not really counting that. The only thing I'm ever actively counting or have been for a long time is carbohydrates. And, and it's just like, you know, if I have two cups of rice after my workout, that's my biggest carb meal for the day, right? Mm -hmm. It's like 80 to 90 grams of carbs. And and that is the single biggest serving of carbs I'll have. I love um, oral wheat, extra sour rye bread, because it's got 16 grams of carbs per slice which is relatively low for a piece of bread and uh 80 calories and you know look i can't get um uh schmidt's old-timey bread out here if i if i could i'd probably be eating that but like look uh oral wheat extra sour rye dough is um extra sour rye bread is a really wide piece of bread. So what I do is I take two slices. That's 32 grams of carbs, right? That's 160 calories, which I'm not even really paying attention to the calories. Um, I cut it in half. I now have four pieces of bread. And that's like for my last meal of the day, I might have that because it's a lot less of carbs than the meals I'll have right around when I work out. And earlier on in the day. So what are my calories? I know when I'm on maintenance, they can be like 3,500 calories a day, you know, I, but I don't think that information is useful to anyone. And when I'm cutting, I can get down to like 2,500 calories a day. I just think, don't do that. Don't like, nobody should be doing that. Figure out what, what, if you, if you want to do calories, don't use my calories. I'm a fucking big dude, you know? Um, and like, I have a lot of muscle. All that muscle requires calories. I, I, I have no idea what Bill's comp body composition is. I don't know what his caloric needs are. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever suggest that you model. I mean, you could you can, if you want to do it, my suggestion is like, calories matter. Like whether you're doing keto or low fat or veganism or carnivore, I think it's, it's not a bad idea to have a rough estimate of the amount of energy you're consuming or the amount of energy you require. And like, go like, how many ribeye steaks do I need every day? You know, how many avocados and how much olive oil do I need? And what does it all mean? You know, your body um, doesn't just spit out the, the excess, right? If, if our bodies are getting overly fat, then our bodies know how to store fat. And so if you put an excess in there, it's going to get stored as fat. So I, I don't think it's a bad idea. And I also don't think that the calculators online immediately tell you the right number. I think you take that number and you go like, okay, here's an estimate. I'm going to try this for a couple of weeks and see how I do. Have I lost weight? Have I gained weight? Have I maintained? What is the answer based on that answer? I can adjust. Um, I don't think that's a real uh, necessarily an answer that people are going to like um, because I do find that people just want the data and to try using the data in that way. But I, I can't emphasize enough that, um, just doing just using the numbers that somebody else used are not going to give you a good result you have to figure out what these things are for you unfortunately yeah um, and any diet that just says everybody eats three ounces of protein, two ounces of vegetables and a piece of melbatose twice a day is a fucking bullshit diet in my opinion <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> That's, you know, it, my wife, yeah. who's, you know, 120 or 30 pounds less than me and me are supposed to eat exactly the same food. And this is supposed to solve some problem. Bullshit. That's not true. Yeah, You know? Yeah. What do you have to say, Paige? People like no, to I, you too. Like, let's go, let's I fucking get not. deep into it. I don't know if they do, but well, what I was going to say is what I get from what you're saying. And I think it, it's like, um, I know that feeling of just wanting to go, well, what do I do? Tell me ABC, this thing, blah, 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 you know, just to not, but when you do figure it out on your own, you're being more responsible for your own journey or plan or goal or whatever that you want to say, you know? So I-, I By I the way, think there's- if you want me to tell you what to do, here's what I would say. Figure out the foods you like to eat, right? And I'm not talking about um, foods pizza that- and cake. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, if, if you feel like you can't live without pizza and cake, figure out how much pizza and cake you need to live. Like, what's the bare minimum of stuff like that? Because when we get into foods, especially foods that have high fat and carbs, like these are, these are things that are like, those are the, those are the foods that you're using as, as literal fuel. That's like the octane, right? Mm-hmm. In my, Protein is kind of like doing repairs on your body and stuff like that. And then we're talking about like the stuff that is actually giving us energy right are we getting our energies from fat are we getting our energies from carbs both of these things are possible you can do that um figure out the foods that you like figure out the foods that you think you can't live without and then compose some like if it's keto great but why not do keto and understand also how much energy you require like what's wrong with that and based on that look at what it's gonna take to be in a deficit or be maintaining weight and, and try that out. By the way, you could feel great on maintenance in keto. You could feel probably great on a cut and keto, but, but like this idea that I think a lot of people have is like, if you just cut out carbs, you'll lose weight. What kind of weight are we talking about? Because if you just cut, cut out carbs, In a caloric surplus, you may lose weight on the scale. It's not fat. You're not losing fat. Your body is purging itself of glycogen and water. That's not going to last forever. I don't give a shit about losing glycogen and water. I only want to lose fat. That's my intent. So I have to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. It's possible but don't just do, don't just take my numbers and do it. You're not going to be successful. If you're 200 pounds and you just start eating the amount of calories I eat, you're going to gain weight, you know? Yeah. Um, If you're 250 pounds and you got 50 pounds of fat to lose and you eat my calories, you're going to gain weight. Sorry. Don't do that. You can look at the kind of deficits I talk about and apply that and go like, okay, I I don't want to exceed 20% deficit or 25% deficit. Like that's a healthy deficit. Um, But I think the first step is knowing what your body needs to, to maintain what's your baseline. And then your baseline, you can adjust, you can go like, how do I dip into a deficit from this baseline? And it doesn't it's not just a figure that you learn in a day or in a minute on a computer and go like this is absolute truth no you have to fuck around and, and experiment with it and see if if that's true every body is a little bit different you know yeah okay i'm not doing your calories i'll tell you that good you <laughs> know I mean, would i don't think it would be a great outcome i don't think it would be the outcome you wanted yeah um thank you for your question bill if if you have a question you would like me to um give some useless diatribe on this podcast please submit it to americanglutton.net thanks for listening to this episode of american glutton i'm ethan suplee and as always joined by my chaperone Paige dorian follow us on instagram at american glutton podcast sincerely